Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a wrap-up Friday edition of Battle Red Radio. Uh, this is Corey DLG with me as usual. This is uh, producer Nico. That's me. And this is a exciting edition. We're just coming off of a monster of a Thursday night game. Uh, perhaps one of the worst games ever. I don't. <laughs> it was it's bad. Definitely, it's definitely up there. I mean, like I would rank it that high. Okay, so listen to this though. This is crazy. It did set a record. What record is that? Most Are you ready for this? Game? Uh, it, it's up there. It's one of those. The record is no NFL game before this one has ever had two opposing quarterbacks that between them had four or more Pro Bowls that didn't result in at least one touchdown. <laughs> this is incredible. This was a touchdownless game between two teams that went this offseason and got quote unquote great veteran quarterbacks to turn their franchises around to help guide their franchise to the next level and both quarterbacks disappointed in what is an ugly ugly affair the Colts get a winner in overtime 12 to 9 there's a little bit of a recap worth going over in this game We've been talking about concussions on this show a little bit. We've been talking about how the league was going to handle this and what they were going to start doing. And right away, there was an opportunity for them to show how much they definitely, absolutely, 100% pretend to care about the players. Uh, Running back for the Colts, Hines, had a scary moment where he couldn't find his legs. Looked like a newborn Colt out there. Um, And the referees, I guess pun intended, I guess. I don't mean to make fun of the guy, but it was, you know, he couldn't, he, he was staggering. The referees, everyone caught it, and sure enough, they get him to the sidelines. He's in the concussion protocols. He did not return for the rest of the game. And then in late in the fourth quarter, there was a crucial delay of game penalty called on the Colts because of an administrative game stoppage because someone had called down and said that the Broncos defender needed to come out due to head injuries. Now, the Broncos, I forget his name, starts with a B. Uh, he'd been in and out several plays in a row for different things. It looks like at one point he dinged up his arm, and then it was his shoulder. But he kept coming in and coming out. Then he needed to catch his wind. It looked like he got the wind knocked out of him. So I'm not sure what was going on. But somewhere in all of that, they also flagged him for a possible concussion protocol issue. And so the referees stopped the game to go get him and take him out of the game and give the Broncos a chance to substitute. It was a confusing situation watching it live because what's supposed to happen there is someone should let Matt Ryan know that you only have a 10-second reset on the play clock. The clock had been stopped with about three seconds left with the Colts lined up to run a play. Because of the situation 
where it wasn't one of the teams doing it, but it was the referees stopping it for whatever reason. It doesn't get a full reset. It gets a it gets a ten second reset. Is what it, is how it was explained. But it just it, it felt it felt and seemed very unfair to Matt Ryan and the Colts, who were lined up to run a play. They get waved off of it. They call a stoppage. They pull a Bronco player, and they reset and restart the game clock without really notifying the Colts. That is going to be a problem if that's going to be how they start doing this thing. I don't know why you would have three different resets for the game clock. The game clock should always reset to either 40, 25, uh, 40 or 25. There shouldn't be a 10-second reset. That, that's a that's a weird one, and it's just one extra thing that the quarterback has to be aware of. So it felt, it felt unnecessary and kind of silly, the way they had everything set up. Yeah, I mean, like, especially because you got to inform the new player that's coming in of the plays, like, yeah, exactly. You got to give the other Bronco time to, you know, get his coverages straight and all that. They're they're clearly going to be calling a new play. So that was and that was what happened is the Colts totally came out of that. They walked over the sideline to let the refs do their thing. They then called the huddle when the refs uncalled timeout. So again, it was obvious from what the team was doing that it hadn't been communicated to them that it was a ten second reset instead of a twenty five. So yeah, I, I if I was if I'm the Colts. If I'm any of the teams, honestly, because it could have been me on the other side of the ball. If I'm the Broncos, I'm just as bad. It's it, it's a confusing call there for sure, but it was done in the name of player safety because the league wants you to know that they definitely, definitely, definitely pretend to care about these players. Yeah, hundred percent. So with all that in mind, the game's a mess. It's it's awful. Russell Wilson, the Broncos head coach, there's still just questionable phone calls all over the field. I, they are scheduled so much so far in prime time. It's really kind of, you could tell the NFL and scheduling people really thought that the Broncos were going to be good this year. They couldn't have been more wrong about it. Also, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick of Amazon prime, their team, he brought up a good point. They got, they got to talking about the matchups over the weekend. One of them is Aaron Rodgers against the giants in uh, London. That's going to be the 9am game tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And he pointed out, or Sunday, I should say, he pointed out that Aaron Rodgers got two different guys' jobs last year. He got the head coach of the Broncos his job because this guy was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay last year. Also, the offensive coordinator of the Bears was the, I think, the quarterback's coach in Green Bay last year. Both of them are severely struggling with what they're doing. It makes it seem really obvious who is the brains, who is the actual engine there in Green Bay. And it, it's, I mean, it, it feels silly to say it, but these were guys that are in the room drawing X's and O's and working with Aaron Rodgers. And when they get the chance to do it on their own, they've got nothing to show for it. And you would think that if you had Russell Wilson, you would at least be able to do some Aaron Rodgers-y type things because he's mobile and can throw on the run. So you would say, oh, you know, similar. But it, it, hasn't, it hasn't been that way. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers is the only the only quarterback that's ever won a Super Bowl by himself. I I always hate when you say that because you don't watch a lot of football and then you make like weird definitive statements. But like, it's hard to argue, particularly that one, because of just the more you learn about everyone else. Like Mike McCarthy hasn't proven himself to be a, a, a quality head coach on his own. 
you know, he's not, I don't think he'll ever sniff a, a forget a con, forget a division championship, or I mean, maybe, maybe every once in a while, he's never going to see a conference championship and he certainly won't see a Super Bowl, you know, without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then the rest of the coaching staff, it seems pretty obvious that Aaron Rodgers is the reason they are so quote unquote good. Uh, it's, it's, it's a Russell Wilson asked out of Seattle demanded, argued, toxic his way out of Seattle and got Broncos gave up several picks, a couple of players and gave him 200 plus million dollars. I think his salary cap hit either this year or next year is $48 million. I need to double check that, but that's Richard Sherman kept yelling that on Amazon prime. So if he's wrong, he's probably not by a lot. The guy went to an Ivy league school. Uh, yeah, getting a lot of that on the field right now. <laughs> not seeing a lot of that investment pay off right now. Uh, that's tough. I mean, it, it happens all the time. We've seen it a million, million times. We gave Brock Osweiler a trillion dollars here in Houston, and we had to pay someone to get rid of him because he was so terrible. That's true. That was it. Was a guaranteed forty-eight million or something like that. And uh, after the end of the first year, he had twenty plus million dollars still guaranteed on his contract and we gave a second round pick to the Browns for them to take Brock Osweiler off of our roster. That is a painful maneuver, but it was done. I mean, honestly, I it had to be done. Had right. to be done. That was a mess. Had, had to be done. And just to, like, this is not the first nor the worst decision someone has made. No, but it's definitely not paying off. No, that's for sure. It's definitely not paying off. And if you're the Colts, you don't feel much better about Matt Ryan. It was an ugly game for them. Terrible. The receiving core, everybody. I mean, it was just ugly. Without Jonathan Taylor on this team, there's there's not a reason to think this team is going to convert a third down. And they both didn't. Uh, the Colts are 32nd in the league in third downs, and Denver is 30th with the Bears in between them coming into this week. Man, incredible. I wish I knew these stats when I was picking the over. <laughs> That's the spirit spoken like a true gambler. Speaking of both my prediction for the outcome and my over under both hit, I am now 10 and four in picks. And we're going to let that bring us to the Texas Jaguars. Before we do that, we're going to do some ad reads right here. Uh, let me tell you guys about the latest party to hit the Houston scene. Custom geek parties, everything from corporate team building exercises, geek themed weddings, RPG parties, board game parties, cosplay parties, and more. Call Gamers Inner Circle at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle. Are you in yet? Uh, make sure to check those guys out. They're really awesome. It's a cool idea. If you're any kind of nerd like I am, they're going to help throw you like the best party ever. And if you're doing team building and things like that, you got to try different stuff to get people's attention and get them Keep them invested and interested in the team. Uh, try try something nerdy. You never know. Might be the thing. Uh, also, it's never a good idea to, to drink and drive. But what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has spent hundreds of hours in hands-on science courses learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because those cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes very well may depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. 
Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. Or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. You know, real quick on a tangent, I saw the other day there was a state that was acknowledging for the last couple of years their DUI cases were needing to be all redone. If you had gotten a driving under the influence for marijuana or THC, the tests that they were doing to test for the presence of THC in your system, if you were doing like the legal edibles or gummies or whatever, the, the components they were putting in the test were interact with those and create THC in the test. Oh, so they were confirming themselves basically. They were they were getting positive results when they shouldn't because one of their one of their agents was causing it. This is a lawyer scientist type thing. It, it's going to affect apparently like three years worth of cases. Uh, and it's it's not in Texas, but it was somewhere else. But it's it's the kind of thing a lawyer scientist would definitely know. So make sure make sure if you're ever in that situation, check out Ace and Law Firm. Don't just rely on somebody just because. Oh, so-and-so. Uh, no, make sure you get somebody who's going to get you out of trouble. Uh, speaking of getting out of trouble, the Texans come in to Jacksonville 0-3-1, oh, 0-2 and oh, and on the road. Jacksonville is 2-2, and 1-0 and oh at home. This is only their second home game in five weeks. Uh, that's a rough schedule for a team. Yeah, a little bit. That's, uh, that's not great. Coming into the game, the Jacksonville Jaguars are favored by seven. Uh, keeping in mind my general rule of thumb that, that you're going to get a field goal if you're the home team, they're basically saying that they're not much better than us. You would think they would be higher considering the win two weeks against the Colts, but last week they didn't look great either. So actually the win against the Colts now was – what are they showing here? Oh, preseason two. It says last five, and I was like, how is that? They beat the Chargers 38-10. to The Chargers came here and beat us 34-24. Now, granted, when they got to 38-10, to 10, they also hurt Herbert. But we played hurt Herbert, and, um, you know, it was whatever. They did, did lose to Philly Colts okay. 29-21, but they came back late in that game. It seems to be the, uh, the, the common strategy is save it up for fourth quarter, I guess, when everyone's exhausted. I think it's going to happen a lot this season. Just because of uh, throwing, just the way people are going to really attack downfield when they need to. And it's just hard to cover all these different routes and all that. People have really mastered the downfield route. Okay, so the over-under is 43.5. The money line on this game is particularly brutal. It's minus 320 for Jacksonville, plus 250 for the Texans, which means if you were to bet $100, or how much would you – yeah, if you were to bet $100 – you would win two fifty in return for the Texans, and you would have to bet three hundred and twenty dollars to win a hundred dollars on Jacksonville winning the game. Oof! Man, that seems kind of bad. <laughs> now, here is the thing that should matter, because we all know how football loves patterns. The Jaguars are trying to end an eight-game losing streak against the Houston Texans. That's a lot of losing. It's a lot of losing. It's a lot of losing. That is four years of losses right there. 
Yeah, that's fair. Although, to be fair, this is a new organization now. This is a brand new head coach. Same roster as last year that we 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 did them twice last year. They were a mess last year, though. It's tough to say. Yeah, they were awful last year. <laughs> okay, so all that being said, the, there's not a good matchup here in this game where I'm like, man, I really like how we're going to do this. We're going to run aggressively. We're probably going to finish with you know 140 yards. I don't think that they're. How good is their defense? Is basically where we're at. Well, <laughs> I'm going to have to go to a different page because it's comparing our two defenses. So total yards allowed, we allow 420 yards a game. They only allow 346. So in that stat, they look like Superman. They're way better than us by exactly one touchdown. <laughs> but if you look, <laughs> the passing yards allowed is exactly the same, 254 to 252. We just give up 172 rushing yards to their 93. Yeah, that makes sense. 93 is probably a normal amount of rushing yards to give up. Yeah, we just we just don't have good run defense. We we just give up a ton of we are averaging 172 rushing yards a game allowed. That's that is a, an amazing number. Yeah. That's insane. That's a pro gamer move right there. Now, they average, on their side, rushing the ball, they average 110 yards a game. So they've got to be excited about that. And our passing numbers are pretty even, 227 to their 236. Again, their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, There's they're having the same questions. Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? His rookie year under Urban Meyer last year could not have gone worse. This is his second head coach, second offensive coordinator in two years in the pros. So the entire time he's been in the NFL, it's just been turmoil. He needs to see some consistency, some continuity to really develop. Uh, if that doesn't happen in a year and a half when they when they fire this head coach and they hire another one, he'll be one of the first guys gone from the roster. Um, that that's just how it works in the NFL. You don't get you don't get to go to your you never make it to your fourth head coach. Your third head coach is always the guy who's going to get rid of you. What are you talking about? Clearly, he will go make it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, gr- granted, this year he's having a much better year than us. Let's compare this. Uh, Mills to Trevor Lawrence. Both of us with uh, 88 completions. He's done it on eight fewer passes, 88 of 134. We're 88 of 142. Total yards, basically the same, 908, 946. So he's got a, his average is a little bit higher than ours. Probably a half yard higher than ours. But our five touchdowns, four interceptions versus their eight touchdowns, two interceptions. That's, that's where the problem is. So you're telling me it's not a good idea to pass the ball to the other team? Uh, it's, it's not a helpful idea. There are other ideas that you could do instead of that that would be better for you. But Russell Wilson would tell you that it's okay. You can do it. Okay. Russell Wilson, the Broncos, too, two different times at this Colts game were in a position where if they ran it, probably would have won it. And both times they threw it ending in one interception and one pass deflected. Nice. That's excellent. That fourth and one call is the worst thing I've ever seen. I don't understand that one. That's the one I don't understand. I don't understand how they go for it at the end of the game there. Fourth and one. I think I'm going to run this one. What? 
they only need a field goal there. So at fourth down, again, they're like seven yards out. You just line, you just take the field goal, and if you get the tie, you get the tie, but you don't take the loss. You take the field goal, and you try and get a stop. You still have, I think, one or two of your timeouts or something like that. I just – I don't understand the maneuver there. That was – it was crazy. Not to backtrack, but it was just – it was a mess. Question the decisions. That's what I do. I question the decisions. So, Nico. Mm-hmm. Coming into this important game, the Texans are either going to be 0-4-1. Hilarious. By the way, they're 2-1-1 against the spread. Also hilarious. Jacksonville is 2-2 or 2-2 against the spread. Uh, I love it. I love this game. (laughs) How do you see this one going, buddy? Uh... Honestly, it's a really tough call because I have a feeling like Jacksonville's wins have been so not great, except for the Chargers one. That one was pretty impressive. That is that is an impressive win because I, the Chargers are going to be a good team. Yeah, their two wins are against the Colts and the Chargers. Yeah. So you can always steal one good one, right? Is kind of how you, what you're saying. Yeah. So like. That was pretty impressive, but like we both did up the Colts pretty easily. We just couldn't score ever. We couldn't finish because we yeah. were up fourteen or seventeen at one point against the Colts. Yeah, we so like we sh- in all intents and purposes we should have won that game, but we already know we're not going to rehash that. Correct. Correct. So we've beaten the same team, and then we've lost to one of the teams that they probably stole a good win, and then they lost the other two. Who were their losses again? Washington and Philly. Now Philly. Is five and zero, four and zero, four and zero coming into this week. So people are saying Philly might be the best team in football. I'm not ready to go there yet, but four and zero is pretty pretty good thing to be happy about. They lost their opener against Washington. Washington's a mess. Yeah, but I mean, it was week one. Ah, it's a, it's a tough call because they've I think played just objectively better teams than we have, and they've beaten the one that we struggled with even more. So. I'm not looking too hot. However, I don't think they're gonna like walk all over us. So what so, do you want to do here? I think I'm gonna take the Texans on the points because I don't think they're gonna beat us by seven and a half. Well, and seven. Then, seven's the number. Yeah, seven. Okay. I don't think they're gonna beat us by seven. Okay. All right. And then I'm gonna go with the under. I don't think this is gonna be a super high scoring game. So you think you're you're saying like a seventeen ten kind of oh no that would no fourteen ten kind of affair yeah seventeen thirteen those. somewhere in that range yeah uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call an audible here I just feel froggish feel froggish okay I'm gonna say the Texans win outright win oh all right all right win I'm saying take the money line. Take the points, win. The Texans beat the Jacksonville Jaguars to make it nine in a row. Yeah, maybe they're just cursed, and then we're going to beat them 10-0 of the same season. And, and, uh, and I'm saying take the over. Oh, okay. All right. Because so at, so 43.5 is the over-under. So 44 points is really 22 points each team. If we win... I I think we're going to win like a 27-20, 27-24 sort of situation. 
So you think that we're just going to go like all in? I think we're going to get. I think we're going to get production. I think we're going to get production in every quarter, not every drive. We're, we're still going to have punts and miscues, but there were two drives against the Chargers where we looked like an NFL team. That's fair. And I think if Pep Hamilton uses those as the blueprint, then I think we're in a better spot. That's a fair point. And if there's a team we're going to able to get, it'll be it'll be Jacksonville. It'll be Jacksonville. That's exactly. Good... Exactly. That's my other thought to it. Now that there's Jacksonville is one of those teams where where my buddies and I have waffled on whether or not their roster is actually possibly worse than ours. Now the last two weeks, the consensus has been our our roster is worse. Uh, but coming into the season, there were the people had doubts, and so they're not too far ahead of us. And I think if we can just stay focused for one game and actually finish a game, Lovey Smith knows how to win football games. Let's let's remember he took a Rex Grossman quarterback Chicago Bears to a Super Bowl. Also, and I don't want to be this guy because I'm not this guy. You know me. I am not this guy. At 03 and 1, we're only one game behind everyone else in this division. Which is terrible somehow. Which, which is terrible. And there's a lot of football still left to get played, especially in division football. This is true. We have a, This is only our second division game, and we tied the first one. Somehow. So, well, and we should have won it. So, yeah. imagine that. Imagine if we came into this game and we were 1-0 and in division, but everything else was the same, so we're 1-3. One, one like we would like our chances. One and three against two and two Jacksonville, we would be like, no, we could actually take the division lead with this game. We would be happy with ourselves. And so I don't I don't want to write us off just because we've been underperforming. I think if there's a game where we can get right, it's the old familiar trip to Jacksonville, Florida. Plus Florida's had a lot going on here lately. They might not be as focused on football this week as they should be. That is a fair point. I mean, terrible to exploit tragedy, but I get your point. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of other things that these guys can be concerned about. So, to me, I would like – I like our chances in this matchup. Okay. I see where you're coming from. So, I'm staking my 10-4 and 4 reputation on it. All right. So, you're saying Texans win it all and the over. It's going to oh. be great. That's what I, that is what I'm saying. All right, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do some ad reads, and then we're gonna do a quick look around the league, and then we're jumping out. All right, it's time to trade in your face mask for for mass. Load up your hoppers and go to war with your friends. Too hot, too rainy, too cold? Who cares? Splat Zone Indoor Paintball has you covered. Literally, it's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and go to one one two six zero Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. It's low-impact paintball. It's a family-friendly setup. They're trying to build some youth leagues out there. Go to 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. If you use the code BATTLEREDSPLAT on their website, you're going to get 5% off. So I don't know why you wouldn't. Go check them out. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. And as always, Nico and I, where we spend our money, the adventure begins, comics, games, and more. We're there way too often, spending way too much money, uh, the great people there are happy to take it in a family-friendly, well-lit atmosphere. It's where we get our comic books, 
It's where we get our nerd cards. It's where we get our toys. It's where we get all of our stuff. And it's where you can go to get your sports memorabilia at the Adventure Stadium. Right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, Conroe, Texas, 77384 in the Marcel Town Center. If you're not sure if they're open, just check out the website or go 936-273-3223. 936-273-3223. Give them a call and be like, hey, Nerd Thug Radio, Corey DLG of Battle Red Radio said to call and check and see if the Adventure Stadium was open because I'm trying to come buy some sports memorabilia and some cards. They've got Panini, they've got Upper Deck, they've got all the all the latest brands, all the latest stuff coming up. You never know. You can be one of those guys on one of the apps streaming yourself opening the cards and pulling that $40,000 Tom Brady one-of-one one signature card or whatever it is. And it's, it could all happen for you right there at the Adventure Begins Stadium in the Marcel Town Center at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. All right, Nico. So we're looking around the league here. We just had a clunker of a Thursday night. We've got another London game. I got. I got to wonder how much longer they're. I, I think this year they've got like four or six uh, London games scheduled. That's a lot. Yeah, that seems like a lot. I feel like they just needed something in the time slot, and they're like, "Well, I don't want to make our players wake up, so we'll just send them across the world." Well, it, it definitely makes football the all-day affair from eight thirty in the morning. Uh, the first kickoff, which is the London game, and then at 7.20 at night, the Football Night in America, NBC Sunday Night Football, kicks off. So it is an all-day affair, which is the American way. Grill your hot dogs, roast your bratwurst. I saw a restaurant the other day called It Takes Two Hands, and apparently they sell corn dogs? Hilarious. That's a bold name for something. But yeah. that, that's how American this is all. Um, okay. So looking at the schedule, I don't, I don't love any of these matchups. Important to us, Tennessee is playing at Washington. Now, Jacksonville lost that game week one. Tennessee, they're also at two and two. They need to win to stay in it. Let's see. Let's see what the GameCast predicts here. The GameCast is nothing. How would they know? Yeah, they... That's a fair point. I want to go back and look. Maybe we'll maybe when Cole gets back from vacation, he and I will sit down and we'll go over like the actual who who does better. So they're saying the Titans are one and a half point favorites from the road. Ooh. That's with a forty three over under. I don't I never like road underdogs. Yeah, they road, just... road overdogs, I mean. If you're a home underdog, I almost always bet on you. I would almost always bet on you. That's if fair. we could bet in Texas. Yeah, if legally, of course. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. I tried to find some illegal betting. I was trying to find somewhere. I'm 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 eight and four. I was trying to do it, and I couldn't find like a like a good website that I trusted to take my money. Texas, what are we gonna like? What's going on here? Like, how can right now they are airing commercials during the football games for the ten states that have legalized sportsbook betting, and Texas isn't one of them. How are we not one of them? Kevin Hart is sitting there saying that if I bet $5, I can win 200 on any team. That's a great deal. I can't sign up for it. Can't do it. Can't sign up. Because in Texas, we haven't set up the, the gambling yet. We it's, get weird, it's weird that it's segregated by state. Like it, Sometimes you forget we really are the United States. Yeah. Gambling somehow has become a state's rights issue that, that for whatever – you know what? I'm not even going to get into it. I just think it's ridiculous – we know how important sports betting is to the 
economy of the NFL. It is what drives the NFL. It is the thing that makes the NFL the golden goose. This is how the, frankly, if they would have legalized it 40 years ago, the mob could have been defeated in New York, uh, but they never did. And so now sports gambling is everywhere except Texas. So I like to think, I think Tennessee's going to lose that game. One and a half points. Typically you would, you know, you would, you, I would say they're just not going to cover, but one and a half, if they don't cover, they basically lost. Yeah. So if Tennessee is to lose and we beat Jacksonville, we do, we will be sitting in a second place in the tied three-way tie for second place. Actually, no, because the tie is going to give us the advantage there. But everyone will have three losses. Hilarious. Except the Colts. The Colts will have two, two, and a tie. So we'd be tied with them? No, they'd be ahead of us because we'll be one. If we if we win, we're one, three, and one. But oh, okay. Tennessee and Jacksonville would both be two and three. Oh, no. So they would still be ahead of us. Have the same number of losses? No, because if they if – because they, they, wouldn't they have lost to the division twice or just once? Yeah, but it's not a tie situation because they have the whole extra win. Two uh, wins versus our one win. Yeah, so but, they're probably – they're still ahead of us, but – But the three losses helps. Yeah. Because we, we've got a lot, we've got more games to go this season. And so having a tie in lieu of a loss means that if we do finish ahead of them, we'll be outright ahead of them. Or even if we finish tied with them in losses, we'll be ahead. Uh, no, we need them to lose a, that half game more. Man, the tie really makes it complicated. This is the first year I've had to really deal with a tie. In all the it's a, yeah, because I mean, like, what were you expecting? Because I wasn't expecting a tie. I think Tennessee tied one time with, uh, I think maybe it was Minnesota, like four or five years ago. But, I, but it didn't really even come into play. Yeah, it's it's weird that we tied in a division game. I think is the more important thing. Yeah, you're right because it does it messes everything up even a little bit more. It really does. All right, so I mean, there's there's not a lot. Of, Great. Cincinnati Baltimore is the Sunday night game. That's probably the best game to watch. Philly, Arizona is probably the afternoon game to watch. And obviously the Texans at Jacksonville. So there you go. There's your Sunday all booked up. Sorry. Sorry, babe. I'm doing stuff all day. That's right. Watch football since watching foosball. Man, imagine competitive foosball. Be wild out there. I I'm sure it exists. The other day I Googled I don't know why either. It was some kind of conversation, but I Googled professional women's volleyball and there's a whole league. No way. They just travel city to city and they pick the teams at every city, like at every stop. And then they play out a whole tournament right there. Nice. It's interesting. I would prefer to have teams for cities. That's how I believe in sports, but I mean, it's another way to do it. All right. All that being said, everybody, thank you for listening. This has been another meandering episode of battle red radio. Have a great weekend. Let's lock it in. Let's watch those Texans. I hope everyone's been betting with me throughout the year because, I, like I said, 10-4 and four coming into this weekend. That's an exciting prospect, though. It's a, I'm, a, I'm a winner. I'm a winner, unlike the rest of my cohorts. Thank you for listening, guys. Everyone have a great day. We will see you, or you can tune in, and we'll recap the game on Monday. <laughs>